Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our first COSIDA Capital One Continuing Education Webinar of the new academic and athletic year. Today's topic is components of a strong mentor and mentee relationship, and it fits in perfectly to the month of January as it is National Mentoring Month. National Mentoring Month, if you're not aware, is aimed at expanding the quality or quality mentoring opportunities. So uh, before we begin, just a few housekeeping uh, items here. We would like to obviously say a quick thank you to our two corporate partners, Capital One and ASAP Sports. Capital One is the presenting sponsor of our Continuing Education and Professional Development Series, while ASAP Sports provides the official full transcript of each monthly webinar. As a reminder, the webinar and the ASAP Sports transcript will be posted later today in COSIDA Connect, which as you all know is our membership's online community. We also will be providing a podcast version of this webinar as well. Uh, please look for the links in the Connect resource library off the main page. So for today's webinar, you can certainly ask your questions live to the presenters. Please use the, check, or the chat box in the right-hand corner of your portal. If you have questions for our presenters, know that we will save time at the end of this webinar to address them. And then obviously, please send them to us now if you have any, and we'll get to them later. So quick rundown of our panel today. Uh, key goals for listeners today, try and take two to three things away from today's webinar. There'll be a lot discussed. There'll be a lot of good advice. Uh, just try and find things that are applicable to you and maybe your mentor-mentee relationship and go from there. For our, our panelists today, we have Rebecca Gayona from Old Dominion University, Carolyn Henry from the Mountain West Conference, Andy Seeley from Florida Atlantic University, and Crystal Warren from the University of Dayton. So what we'll do is we'll cover a variety of topics related to our mentor and mentor uh, mentor and mentee relationships and we'll try and prompt our our presenters as they go through with some questions so with that we'd like to start with Andy Seely considering he's probably the reason why we're all here um, and Andy if you could just talk about why this you know platform the mentor mentee relationship committee and the program that started with COSIDA how it got to be about where it is now and, and what your goals were for it and where we are now with it Sure. I mean, uh, first of all, I would say that me being the reason why we're here might be a bit of a stretch, but it, it was when I was fortunate enough to be, uh, you know, in the officer rotation in COSIDA, you know, we, we have the opportunity to uh, have a project that we'd like to, to build something within the, within the framework of the organization. And I'm a firm believer that I wouldn't be in the profession, that I wouldn't have had the success I've had in the profession, et cetera, had it not been for some mentors that I had that were, you know, somewhat, um, somewhat organic, but also there was a, you know, there was a, um, a session at, at my first convention that was a, a veterans and rookies panel that uh, I got taken under uh, the wing of Greg Goings, if you guys know Greg, um, and and he really walked me through and and helped me get what I needed to get out of the convention and and became a a mentor to me and it happened somewhat like I said somewhat organically but I felt strongly that within our organization with um, the opportunity for something that was a little bit more formal and uh, and you know could create some relationships and help some of our uh, younger folks and some of our less, less experienced folks get better in their profession and and feel like they had someone to turn to that was really kind of the the impetus behind it for me and and uh, I couldn't be more proud um, all kidding aside of, of where we're at with this program right now and the number of people we have involved and uh, greatly appreciate our panel today and and also everyone that's uh, 
taking part. Carolyn, can you add to what Andy talked about in relation to the importance of mentorship and relationships during career, especially specifically to you or, or the stories you've come across? Sure. Um, first of all, mentorship is important to not just the mentee, but also the mentor. Um, and as it relates to the mentee, you have somebody to bounce something off of, especially someone in your same profession, and someone who has an understanding of what you're going through. And that continued dialogue will help that mentee grow ultimately into a mentor um, himself or herself. Um, as the mentor, it's an opportunity for leadership. And as you transition from being a mentee to a mentor, that's the leadership um, experience that you get during that transition and hopefully will last throughout your career. Crystal, what about what about your perspective on that question? I uh, echo what Andy said. I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without the people that um, were there to help me when I was new in my career. Um, I definitely want to give a shout out specifically to Mark Womack at Cedarville and Dave Parsons, who used to be at Mount Vernon, um, and then Larry Alder at the um, MSFA. I was very raw when I first got into the business, knew nothing about it. And if it weren't for those guys um, taking my phone calls um, late at night, how to import stats, how do I set up a radio feed, you know, just how to in general be a great host, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. And then building those different connections, and those were totally organic. Um, I just reached out to those guys. Um, and they took me under their wing and were more than willing. And I think that's just in general how our business is. We are here to help each other out. We all want to lift each other up. And if you reach out to people, more than likely, they're going to want to help you. Um, like I said, I've been in the business for um, almost 20 years now. And um, I wouldn't be in the position I am now without those um, connections that I've had in the past. Uh, I got my position now at Dayton through connections I had made meeting local SIDs at different events. Um, when I was at Urbana University, um, I, we had happened to play Urbana, uh, University of Dayton and several different events. And then through those connections of meeting people um, at the events and leaning on them and having those connections gave me the opportunity to network and be where I am today at this place. So um, it's safe to say relationships have been a huge part of the career path that I've had. Crystal, just one follow-up question for you. You mentioned you you talked with a lot of people, met a lot of people. Um, can you just talk about the importance of not maybe getting caught up on who does what, what their job is specifically, but maybe just those relationships and how you can build those versus looking at a title and trying to go speak with someone just because they work at X school or have X title? Absolutely. Um, so this mentor program is definitely huge that COSIDA has, um, but it wasn't something that I had when I was um, up and coming. So I think you need to look at, you don't have to have the, oh, that's my mentor, that's my mentee. It's just about creating relationships, just creating connections and friendships. Um, and through those friendships, it doesn't have to be considered mentor mentee, um, but ultimately that's what it becomes. Um, you are creating those organic uh, relationships. Um, so what I, I, one of the things I wrote down as a, advice to a young professional is don't get hung up on those titles. The process is as simple as who can I learn from and who can I work with to build those meaningful relationships? Um, reach out and make those connections. Don't be afraid. Get out of your comfort zone. Reach out and make those connections. And I would, I would so, add to that, Crystal. I think that's great. I think part of the idea here is that we want, uh, we want people to get used to these, the idea of, of building these relationships through this formal structure, but definitely 
going outside of that as well and developing those relationships and even developing them um, outside of our field. I mean, we have a, we have a representative with, with Carolyn on here who's not in our field and has mentored many, many people, including myself, you know, out outside of this, this part of the field. So I think that's an important piece to remember too, is that once you get comfortable in these relationships, go out and, and build them with others as well and build them across the spectrum of athletics and even and even outside of it from, from that standpoint as well. I would um, piggyback on what everyone is saying in terms of outside of the field. And I was honored to be asked to be on this panel because my background is legal and governance and compliance, but I work with Teresa Kurtz here in our office. And to me, it doesn't matter what area in the office she's in. I'm going to be here for her as a teammate, um, as a friend, and that's kind of how things should develop, I think. And then you're in a different area, and I hear, oh, there's a job opening in such and such area, and I know Teresa, or I know, you know, somebody in that area. Just because I have a different background doesn't mean I can't recommend you. Mm -hmm. So that, that segues perfectly into our next topic of discussion, best practices for a consistent mentor-mentee interaction and relationship. Um, obviously, everyone who's spoken so far provided great answers, but Rebecca, I'd love to hear your input on that, and then we'll, we'll cross-reference everyone else and see what they have to say as well. Yeah, I think, uh, at least with Crystal and I, I think we find the best way to communicate is via a phone call, and um, she usually initiates when we call, and I, I need to get better at uh, trying to figure out a time when we can talk. And I think each person's different, each mentor and mentee is different, whether it be FaceTime or you just email back and forth. But I think we found that um, talking on the phone, whether it be on the way to work for both of us, um, you know, it's a good 30 minutes to just talk about what's what's going on in our lives, whether it be personal or um, at work. And it's, it's nice to see um, a female figure um, that's way ahead of me in this um, career. I like to hear her side of things. So um, I think that's one of the best practices for us. And I think it's working so far. <laughs> Carolyn, how about yourself? What advice do you have? Um, obviously, the biggest thing is communication and whatever way you're comfortable communicating. One of the things I like to do is find out who's going to a national meeting and you know line up a time when i can sit down and have lunch with somebody at that meeting um, and that's in the in-between times when i talk either via telephone facetime or whatever we we choose to do the main thing is to maintain some sort of consistent communication without it being so forced and so it should be something that you're comfortable with but try to get face to face whenever you can andy just speaking on that that force part and crystal be curious how you chime in too, but how any any you know best practices for approaching that that first mentor? You know, maybe you're nervous or you don't know how to go about it via email or or whatnot. But Andy, maybe some advice about how you know some younger people in the profession can approach a mentor, such as the people in this room. To be honest, I think um, I think having the confidence to know that that you're approaching someone that wants to interact with you, right? Um, that would be the other big, the, the big thing to me is have, have that confidence, realize that, that most of us in, in this profession want to help the others. And then I, I think I'd flip it around as well. And, and when you, when you get approached, 
or when someone does come up to you, I feel like the the person that's maybe in the mentor role needs to needs to understand that that person might be nervous and and have some patience and be willing to to really try to develop that relationship themselves uh, as well. I I I can understand. I you know may not be um, may not be in my personality for any of those folks that that know me to to feel like I would be nervous, but I I was as nervous as could be walking into my first convention. And, uh, you know, I walked out thinking, man, I don't know half of what I need to know about this business, but I'm gonna learn it thanks to these people. So um, I think it's an understanding piece that that it can be uncomfortable for you, but I would turn around and put it back on the mentor to, to be more responsible for that relationship and trying to make the other person feel comfortable. Crystal, love to hear your input on that question and just best practices in general. Sure. I think um, it doesn't have to be perfect. I think there are going to be times where you can't always meet up. Uh, there, there's been a time where Rebecca and I had a phone call and we had to reschedule it because of a family obligation I had. Um, so it don't, it's not the end of the world. You just got to keep trucking on and keep going. Um, but I think some of the best best things are to have regular check-ins, um, which we try to do, put it on our calendar to make sure that it's blocked off because our schedules are pretty hectic. Um, so just making sure that we schedule that allotted time for this important time for us to talk, because otherwise it's gonna be really difficult not to, to make that happen. Um, but on the other side of things, I do like to also do some impromptu texting every once in a while, um, just texting how you're doing or um, happy birthday, things like that. I think for everybody too, it's um, you have to be respectful of each other's time and be present um, in those conversations. And I've really appreciated that the conversations that I've had with Rebecca, we've been very locked into each other and had really great conversations because we did set that time aside where we could spend quality time together and not be rushing around to the next thing from one thing to the other. So I think definitely scheduling that time is important, but also adding that little impromptu text here and there too. So it doesn't feel so structured and tight, but um, I definitely am so thankful for the opportunity uh, to have this Cosida mentorship, mentee um, opportunity. And thanks to Andy for putting this group together. Just jump to a next question. Um, what, what should the expectations be like for a mentee of their mentor? What do, you, what do you think that should be like? We'll start with Rebecca and then go to Carolyn. So Rebecca, we'll, we'll go with you first. Me first? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Crystal is everything I really would need in a, in, in a mentor. Uh, she's great. She, um, I think what to expect is someone to guide you. Um, you know, I've only been an SID for three years. And so sometimes I have questions or, um, you know, I like to, she has ideas that I kind of want to piggyback off of. And so I think it's someone to just kind of help you guide yourself in your, your job and your career and, and your path. And, um, just so, someone positive, like this morning, uh, I don't want to <laughs> embarrass you, but Crystal, <laughs> Crystal texted me and said, good luck, you know, and it was just a nice, uh, pop in text. Um, you know, just to remind me um, and make me feel better about uh, this call that I was a little nervous on. So it's just little things like that, um, that even she was talking about in the question before. And it, it doesn't feel forced at all. It's, it's more organic to me. Carolyn, how about yourself? What should the expectations for mentees be of their mentors? 
I think the two need to set the expectations because it might vary depending upon who the individual is, um, whether or not we're in the same field. So I think, you know, a good conversation to start out and then sometimes the expectations are set organically. Other times I might get a question from a mentee, hey, can I pick your brain periodically on blank? And I just want to make sure that I'm there to be able to help uh, help them whenever they should need it. But I think you know, the two individuals should should set the expectations. So on the flip side, Crystal and Andy, we'll talk a little bit about expectations mentors should have of a mentee. Crystal, if you want to start, and then we'll get to Andy just to see your thoughts on that topic. Sure. And I want to throw back to the last question. I forgot to mention that you it's um, it would be really good to also follow each other on your social media platforms. I think that gives you an insight to their personal side that you wouldn't otherwise get. So just um, seeing Rebecca with her dog or with her boyfriend, like I get to see a different side of her that I don't normally get when we're just having our phone conversations. So I think adding social media um, contacts is a good good way to interact as well. Um, but some of the some of the things I would say is just be open to the opportunity. Um, it is scary, like Andy said at the beginning, sometimes to go in into a room and talk to someone uh, or just even on the phone with someone. Um, who might be in a higher position than you, you might be a little intimidated by them, but be open. I think most people um, in our profession want to help each other out. And, and across all professions, you want to help each other out. So be open to the uh, um, opportunity. Um, and I think to understand that um, mentorship not only is about creating um, professional development, but it's also about your personal growth and it's helping us grow holistically, not just in our in our work. Obviously, that's the main focus, but um, the holistic approach to uh, life is a part of that mentorship um, connection as well. Um, and then finally, just um, communicating openly and honestly, um, echoing what Carolyn said is uh, really key. And that's part of our profession, so that shouldn't be hard for us, but um, definitely communicating um, and being honest and authentic in that in those conversations. Andy, how about yourself on that topic? Yeah, I, for me personally, um, you know, my uh, my new role that I'm in, uh, I'm I quite honestly, like this is the fourth of six meetings, if you want to call this a meeting that I'm in today. So I always tell my my mentees that I'm going to rely on them to um, take some of the responsibility of, of reaching out and making contact. And I think that that's a key point that they shouldn't feel like just because they're the mentee that um, that they need to wait for their quote unquote mentor to, to initiate any conversation. I feel like I want to know if my mentee, uh, if if you need me, but we have if you if you need to ask a question and we have a call scheduled for later in the week, I want them to understand that it's fine to reach out at that very moment. Shoot me a text, give me a call. We can talk for an hour after work or whatever that case may be. Um, it's a it's admittedly a little bit selfish on my part because I also I know how busy I am and I can. Tend to, to neglect a relationship on occasion, and I don't like to do that. So I like to be upfront and say, "Hey, don't hesitate to reach out to me as well." But I do think that that's a lesson that that um, is important, whether it's uh, no matter what place it's coming from. That they need to understand that they they should feel comfortable to reach out and uh, and get advice when they need it. So speaking of questions, if anyone attending or listening to the webinar right now has questions, feel free to submit those. We'll definitely have time at the end. So 
just a reminder on that. Um, obviously, we're fortunate enough to have Rebecca and Crystal on the call, uh, a relationship that they've developed as they've talked about, but we'd like to get a little bit more in depth upon, upon that, if we could. Uh, Rebecca, just starting with you, just talk about, you know, maybe a little bit more in depth about your experience, how it's worked out for you, and how maybe it's helped you grow so far since you've been able to be matched up with Crystal. Yeah, um, like I said earlier um, in the call that, you know, it's nice to look up to a female figure that's in a higher position than me um, and that I want to be at eventually. So it's really great to kind of pick her brain and and have that connection that doesn't feel forced. Um, it's kind of just, hey, you know, we're calling on the phone and, and sometimes we don't talk about work. We talk about uh, vacations. <laughs> so it's nice. Um, to, to look up to someone like that and I think another thing that's worked for us is um, there's one thing I need to work on is reaching out to her first. Um, Crystal always kind of sets up these the, our calls and I think that's one thing I need to work on is um, reaching out first like Andy said I shouldn't feel afraid um, and I'm not really afraid it's just um, you know we're all busy SIDs so um, it's more of a, a timing thing for me, and I think I need to make the time to reach out to Crystal and, um, you know, because she deserves that also. Um, whatever she gives to me, I should give back type thing. Um, and that's, that's, about, that's about it right now. <laughs> Crystal, what about, what about on your end? Um, I, so this is my second time around in the mentor mentee program. And I would say that, um, last year was a learning stepping stone for me. And this time around, I've taken what I've learned from that first year and really tried to develop this relationship better. Um, and I think having the opportunity to talk with Rebecca, um, has been a symbiotic relationship. We, I've learned as much from her. I think that she has learned from me. We have really good, um, fruitful discussions, and I love learning her perspective from someone who's an up-and-coming um, employer in her field and already killing it and a rock star in everything that she's doing over there. So I love hearing her perspective and um, and then also giving her advice and and the ways that she's doing things. And I I try to encourage and try to give inspiration where where possible. So um, at Dayton, we do have a group called Dayton Athletics Women Leaders, and we have a book club as part of that. And uh, the last book we read, I did want, I loved it so much. It was Wolfpack by Abby Wambach. So I um, sent it over to Rebecca because I was like, man, she needs to hear these words too because they're so powerful. So just trying to um, give him inspiration where needed. Um, I will say we had a missed opportunity, a miscommunication. Uh, she was in Indianapolis, which is about two hours from where I live. So I could have drove over and saw her. Um, so just maybe communicating a little bit more and um, knowing that there are opportunities where uh, we might be able to get to get to meet each other. Um, I do have to, this kind of deep, uh, but I do want to point out that um, when we did have the mass shootings in Dayton, um, Rebecca did reach out to me um, personally and wanted to make sure that I was okay and then also to let um, me know that she was thinking about our community and me. So I can't tell you how much that meant to me to, to have someone on the outside um, thinking of us during that pretty tough time. So I appreciate that. So it obviously seems like Rebecca and Crystal have started off really well um, in their mentor-mentee pairing, but I think one thing we need to consider is maybe what happens if a, a pairing doesn't start off so well or, or it's really having a tough time getting going. 
be curious from the four panelists to see what they think. Carolyn, curious your perspective first, and then we'll jump to everyone else on that thought process. I guess if something doesn't start out as well as you'd like it to, maybe take a couple steps back and talk about what the importance is of the mentorship and, and what you actually want to get from it. I am more comfortable or prefer an organic relationship more, more than a um, structured relationship just because I think folks will naturally, um, they're naturally, you know, attracted to people who do the same things or have similar um, likes and dislikes as they do. But I think it could be, I think it could be salvaged just with communication. Um, the organic portion of it to me is, I, it, you don't have to be a mentee to, um, you don't have to reach out to the mentor in that type of relationship. I think as mentors, the onus also should be on us and just, you know, kind of guide that mentee through whatever those issues are. So I think, you know, anything that we start is worth finishing. Andy, what about your thoughts on a, on a, uh, relationship that doesn't get off going, you know, relatively quickly? Yeah, I, I would piggyback a little bit off of what, what Carolyn said. I think, um, you know, a, a great icebreaker from, a, for lack of a better term, can be like talking about career goals and, and talking about goals for what they wanted to get out of the mentorship program to begin with. Like, why, why are you here? Um, those sorts of things that could potentially spark some conversation. And then, you know, I, I would go back to, I think it was Crystal mentioned before that, you know, follow each other on social media. If it's if it seems to be struggling, perhaps maybe go back and scroll their feed and see, hey, do they have a dog? Do they what what is it that seems to interest them? Like if you scroll through my social media feed, all you have to do is ask me about my opinions on professional wrestling, and I will share them with you, and that will spark a conversation. But so there's there's ways to to do that, get a little bit creative. Maybe you know somebody who knows that person, reach out to them and say, hey, what makes this person tick? There are ways to to do that. Um, and I will say it's it's kind of a you know a last resort, but we do have we do have a mechanism where if something just isn't working or if you know uh, somebody ghosts, you know we we do have some some mechanisms within the program to um, to find someone else, another mentor, or to um, you know try a, a different pairing. But uh, to Carolyn's point, I think that should be a last resort. Rebecca, what about your thoughts? Uh, I think it's. Uh, really important just to keep an open mind. Um, to be honest, before I even talked to Crystal, I was having second thoughts about this mentor mentee and is it worth it? And you just have to keep an open mind. Um, you know, like Andy and, and Crystal said, you know, you might find out something you, you don't end up knowing about them and you'll have something to talk about. And um, I just think keeping an open mind, odds are they're going through the same type of thing as you are, you know, busy schedules, um, you know, coaches, this and that. Um, you're going to end up finding something to talk about at the end of the day, I feel like. Crystal, what about yourself and maybe some experiences you've had at Dayton with student workers and things like that, too? Sure. Um, so I would think like you definitely want to talk about the career side of things, but I think you can get to know a person when you talk about the personal things first. So if you get to know a person and you um, really get in their head, that's when you're going to really make that connection. And then you can take the next step towards the career aspect side of things. Um, but as far as like our student workers, we're lucky enough at University of Dayton, we have a very robust student worker program. We have anywhere between 15 to 16 student workers. 
and we take it very seriously at the University of Dayton. Um, and it's a mentor type um, relationship that we have with them. And, and in fact, that they do a lot of work for us, but we help them in their educational experience and help them get to the next level. So if you bear with me, I have a list of a couple of uh, people that we've actually had um, move on to the next level and we're super proud of it here at Dayton. So I just wanna give shout outs to some of them that have been workers and then are now in the uh, professional field. Um, we have Brendan Bergen at Xavier, Claire Fisher at North Carolina State, Joey Gardner at Creighton, Matt Greeley with the Atlanta Braves, Dave Kafer at Wake Forest, Molly Mitras at George Mason, Dan Whitaker at Air Force, um, and we had a, a, an, an intern, uh, Kyler Ludlow, who's now at Michigan. So we're really proud of that, and we do take that role seriously as being mentors to those up-and-coming um, student workers who are going to be the next generation of our field. Um, so we're very proud of that. Um, I would say personally, um, I, I sometimes get into this imposter syndrome where I think that maybe I don't have the experience or I don't have the knowledge to give a mentee and I doubt myself. And I think that might be a common thing that a lot of people go through, um, mentee or mentor. And I think that we have to push those thoughts out of our head. We have to know that we all bring a different perspective. We all have a different walk of life and we can all learn from from one another. So we do have to be open to that experience to, to learn from one another. Curious uh, question for the group, and then I'll kind of pick someone to start. But obviously, there's many benefits to being in the COSIDA mentor program. But uh, specifically for this group, is there anything that you've noticed maybe that it's helped you develop more into a leader and within your own departments after coming away from mentor mentee relationships? Maybe you see you're doing something differently in meetings, how you're talking with people, how you're communicating. Um, has anyone seen any any differences in that after you go through maybe a good or a bad mentor or mentor relationship? Um, just curious what everyone thinks. Andy, start with you, see if you have any thoughts on that. I think for, for someone like me, that's, that's kind of that, um, a little bit of a extroverted introvert type of thing. Uh, it has helped me, um, just with with confidence in talking to people. I mean, I, I I know there are people that know me that probably don't feel like that's a that's a thing for me. But I've I've you know I've mentored a number of people now in in this program and and some you know just organically. And and when you you know when you first meet somebody that maybe you haven't that you don't know that you haven't met before, um, even if you're on this side of the fence on it, it it can be somewhat you know can it, it can be a little nerve wracking and. Um, so I would say it's it's certainly helped me with my confidence in just being able to to be open to new relationships and new people and and feel more more comfortable in in um, creating and, and maintaining those relationships. Rebecca, how about yourself? Yeah, I think I feel more confident where I'm at right now. Um, like Crystal was saying, um, she has a, a female. What what is the name, Crystal? What's the imposter syndrome? No, no, no. I'm talking about the the female group you you oh, have. Oh, athletics and leaders. Yes, and I I think that's a that's a great idea, and and I'm not definitely not there yet, but I feel more comfortable in myself um, as a female SID, especially uh, working with three other guys in my department. I feel I feel more comfortable and not out of place. <laughs> Carolyn, how about yourself? I am not in the COSIDA mentor or mentee program. I'm in a different area, but 
Um, one of the things that we do here is to mentor our up-and-coming student-athletes, especially if they want to get into the athletics field. And so when we bring them into the office, um, we introduce them to, to the various different areas so that they can have um, at least access to, to those areas initially. So having, you know, before Andy, you know, was in our office, having Teresa in our office, um, especially with our strategic communication staff, a lot of our student athletes are interested in that area. Um, the fact that you have this mentor program is something that I can communicate to our student athletes so that they're aware of it. So the existence of the mentor-mentee program to me is, is most valuable so that I can pass that message along. Crystal, can, can I go back oh, to something Rebecca said too? I, I feel like um, her mentioning being the, the lone female in her office, um, I, I do feel like that this is a, an area where we can also, you know, help with the, the new diversity and inclusion committee that we have and those sorts of things. I think anybody in this program um, ought to be looking for those opportunities to help those um, those groups that, that maybe are, are underrepresented within our profession, especially. And I, I'm, I'm certainly proud of the number of, of young women that I have mentored and, and worked with from you know student workers all the way back who are now in the profession that sort of thing but I do feel like that's an important component and a piece that you know maybe isn't isn't a direction I thought we were going to go on this on this webinar but uh, Rebecca brings up a really good point I think for the males uh, in this profession and uh, you know and, and for some of the less diverse folks in this profession that we want to maybe Keep in mind that that there are groups that are underrepresented in our profession. We want to make sure that we build them up as well through and and this program is an opportunity to do that. Crystal was curious about the question that I asked, and then if you had any additional comments to what Andy just mentioned as well. So when I my very first convention, I feel like I was maybe one of only about ten females there, and that has grown exponentially. So I think that is due in part to people like Andy who have helped mentor females in this position. And um, when I was up and coming, I, I, it was all males who were my my mentors and who helped me. So I definitely have seen a shift in that. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that point up. Um, as far as um, creating more leadership from a mentor-mentee relationship, I would say like just getting to understand that someone else is going through the same thing you are and being able to bounce those ideas off of them helps you be more confident when you're going into a conversation where you know, okay, this is not just me. Other people are also going through the same thing and that gives you strength in numbers because um, you can actually bring that to the table that other people are um, dealing with the same kind of issues at their schools, no matter what size the school is. All right, one, one last prompt. If anyone listening has any questions, please feel free to get them in now as we kind of wind down on the webinar. Um, and if we get them in while our panelists have some final thoughts, we'll certainly get to those questions, but uh, we'll just kind of go in a row here. Just final thoughts, maybe anything we missed or didn't talk about or we feel passionate about. Andy, we'll start with you and then kind of make our way down as we wrap up this webinar. I mean, I, I'm just, um extremely passionate about this program, as you can guess. Um, I'm, I'm sure that most of the folks that are actually attending today and, and that are gonna watch potentially are involved in the mentorship program, but if they're not, if you're not involved and you haven't been, please, please consider being involved in it. And please also 
seek out those opportunities to to do it in an informal organic way as well uh it's it's vitally important i think in in this day and age we talk we i see i see sids all the time online and and on social media complaining about burnout and work-life balance and those sorts of things and i feel like this is an opportunity for us to uh help somebody along that may be struggling so i would just really want to encourage people to somehow be involved and and help people and that's the whole reason why i wanted to start this program in the first place thank you andy rebecca how about you any final thoughts for the mentees out there yeah um i just want to say like like i said before I, at first i was skeptical um doing the mentor mentee but uh it's it's really been great and i really highly suggest it to anyone um it at, at cosida um i've only been to two cosidas but they've both been great experiences um and just have an open mind towards it because you could meet someone um really great and and um you know they you don't know where they'll help you get and um, what type of advice they'll give you it it will be great Thank you, Rebecca. Carolyn, how about yourself? Any final thoughts? Sure. Um, I would encourage the mentees to get involved with this program. Um, it seems like it's working really well, and I'd like to see it continue. If that's not something that you're comfortable with, um, I would encourage you to reach out to someone maybe you think could be your mentor, at least to pick their brain. And always, for the mentors and the mentees, it's, it's a two-way street. Um, both parties can benefit from this and continue to grow together. Crystal, how about yourself? And thank you, Carolyn. I would just say um, when you do go to convention, try to make connections there. Um, I've been very fortunate um, when I've gone to society conventions, I've made connections and some of them have been um, lifelong connections now. Um, for instance, I uh, met Gavin Neville at one of the conventions. He was formerly at Tennessee State. And we can still to this day have conversations on about how we can better ourselves professionally, um, talk about career opportunities um, and just personal things and, and how we can make ourselves better um, in this profession. Um, I would just say that this business, like most others, is all about relationships. Um, mentorships can build your network, which can in turn help you land your next big job. Um, but if you're happy where you are, um, mentoring is also about lifelong learning and creating meaningful connections with another person. So um, I do want to point out that our mental health and personal well-being are tied to the quality of our relationships. And this opportunity to build these kind of relationships is so important to that well-being. Um, so I would just say, take the time to reflect on our athletics communications community. Think about how we can get involved, um, become more engaged, take on leadership roles. Um, it's this community that can lift us up um, and has the capacity to deal with the challenges that come our way. Thank you everyone for the great insight on, on the mentor program and the, the relationship between mentors and mentees. Really do appreciate it. Um, looks like we're gonna close out today's webinar. So we'd also like to thank everyone for joining. Obviously, if, if maybe you feel more comfortable submitting a question via email, certainly would be great to see you all do that. Obviously, based on the answers you've heard today, I, I would guarantee that Crystal, Carolyn, Rebecca, and Andy would, would certainly talk with you if you feel a little bit more comfortable going that route. So we'd like to thank everyone for joining today's informative session. We also wanted to extend our thanks to our corporate partners, Capital One and ASAP Sports for their continued support of our professional development series. A reminder that you can find the on-demand webinar ASAP Sports Transcript and this webinar turned into a podcast on Cosida Connect, our membership portal, later this afternoon.
Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to you attending all of our professional development webinars and content throughout the year. Looking ahead for our other webinars, we have the following webinars in February scheduled. On Tuesday, February 8th, we'll have a webinar with the athletic directors as part of the June Stewart Leadership Series. And from there, NAIA SIDA webinar series will be featured on Tuesday, February 11th. That webinar is on photography on a budget and best practices for smaller departments. And on February 18th, we will hold a special Capital One Teachable Tuesday webinar for SIDs and their student workers, workers, or, excuse me, workers titled Student U Webinar, Learn About Our Profession and Gain Job Search Tips and ta uh, Tactics. So lastly, please check out COSIDA.com in our social media channels for updates and registration. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.